What's going on, everybody? Paul Hickey here with NoOffSeason.com. And I am super excited today because I've got my main man, Andy Kaysen, back on the Football Card Strategy Show with me today. He is the publisher, owner, genius, strategist behind Football Card Quest. You got to go check that out. Football Card Quest on YouTube and uh, patreon.com slash football cards, I think, is where you're going to want to go get his... Uh, Andy can correct me if I'm wrong, but he's Football Card Quest everywhere on social media, but he's got the premium subscribers as well. And let me tell you something, everybody. Nobody knows football cards like this man right here, so I'm super happy to have him on the show. Andy Kaysen, how you doing today? Hey, man. I'm, I'm doing really good, Paul. I'm happy to be back. And yeah, 100% football cards all day, every day. And uh, this this is a great time of year to start the off-season grind as we're getting ready to enter free agency and draft. And man, I tell you what, it, 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 it there's a lot of acti activity in the market right now. Yeah, so I'm excited to talk football cards as well because um, I think this gets to be the time, you know, February 24th, we're a couple weeks past the Super Bowl. There's a lot going on in the news cycle for football. And one thing I wanted to ask you straight away today is, as if I recall correctly last year, now I learn sort of seasonality of cards every year. And I think to a certain extent of maybe like five to 10% of things change each year, but we're still sort of new, you know, we're, I think we're in probably the third, maybe fourth year of like understanding what this card and maybe even second year of understanding what the, seasonality behind the football card hype cycle actually is and if i recall correctly you and carter on your show uh the football card quest uh pod um you guys talk about typically the hype cycle not really dying down for football cards um is it till june like is it is it june when the hype cycle kind of finally dies down like, are we still in in February 24th, even though we're past the Super Bowl now? Are we still in a hype cycle right now? Absolutely, 100%. It, and it's it's a combination of things. But uh, just from like a, a macroeconomic perspective, you know, a lot of people are getting those federal tax returns like year in bonuses. They're coming off of the, the holidays and the Super Bowl's just finished. And it's like people are still hungry for that. Uh, for that football activity and you can't you can no longer like bet on football games or play fantasy football in a lot of formats so you know the next best thing is like let's beef up your collection like who did good this past year that there's a lot of rumors around or that may be changing teams or that may be setting up for a big 2023 and a lot of people are making moves right now which a lot of people think that you know it, it's kind of counterintuitive because like oh season's over it's time to buy jump in well that's what everybody's thinking. So when you have all these people jumping in, plus, you know, some with some extra cash in their pocket, you have a, a lot of sales volume uh, going down right now. And, and, and prices are either staying steady or going up a little bit for some players. There's some reaches here and there, but uh, there's not many guys that are really going down. Yeah. Like <clears throat> anecdotally, my example there is I, I put a bid on a Ramondre Stevenson contenders optic rookie ticket auto the other day. And I was like immediately outbid. Like it wasn't, it wasn't an auto bid. It was like, I, I had the highest bid for a second. And then a few minutes later, somebody came in and manually outbid me and it was a high bid. And I'm like, I'm not paying that much for him. You know, like 
I can put that money elsewhere. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel it too. And, and I love it because we all, you know, we all want the market to be strong. Um, and so a second ago, you mentioned players moving teams. So let's jump into, there's a bunch of different directions to go in today, but I'm going to kind of go in order here because NFL free agency allows card flippers and card investors to make plays if they're if they're smart if they're astute and things things have to fall a certain way in free agency for things to work out and what i mean by that is if you're going to buy a quarterback that you think might be switching teams um i think a it has to happen right like the team like if somebody gets the franchise tag or whatever it's probably not going to cause a hype spike but if somebody switches teams it probably is so if you're going to target like Gino or Lamar or you know we know Derek Carr is is switching teams we can talk about that there's rumors surrounding Aaron Rodgers after his darkness retreat which I will not uh, I'll try to reserve my commentary around my personal views on Aaron Rodgers um but but let's talk about plays that you think make sense or could make sense during NFL free agency and they don't have to be quarterback related we all know you are you go way deeper than the quarterbacks, which is which is why uh, why you have so much valuable information to share. Yeah, it's like it's like building out a fantasy roster in a super flex league where yeah, you're drafting quarterback, you're prioritizing quarterback with like your most valuable picks or in the sports card world, your most valuable dollars. Uh, but then you're also diversifying because you've seen the spikes in wide receivers, running backs, the best tight ends, even some defensive players as well. So, you know, it does it does go, you know, way beyond uh, just the quarterbacks. Um, and and yeah, I mean, there absolutely there's there's going to be some big changes like Derek Carr is, is definitely going to find a team. He's he's making the tour right now, according to his brother. He, he stopped with the Saints. The, the interesting thing is he's had this head start over the entire free agency pool. So he's like been to the Jets and the Saints and probably talked to the Panthers. But uh, there, he's he's going to land somewhere. Maybe he's maybe he's talked to the Colts, too. Um, you know, so he's definitely going to land somewhere. I've seen some like his cards have like gone up five, 10 percent in some situations. But based on the, the news, based on where he lands, they could spike as much as like 30, 40 percent. And, and never really get back to that point if he doesn't really go out and exceed uh, the new expectations for him on the new team and take them to a deep playoff run, you know? So I love uh, selling on the news. I think that it's it's a critical uh, piece of the football card sales cycle, like just like with Christian McCaffrey when he was traded to the 49ers. Even though they made a deep playoff run, he, he played incredible. Um, his best rookie card prices were when he was actually the, the initial trade happened to the 49ers. And that's what we see time and time again. Yeah. I love that. You just said that because Kendall said the same thing about baseball cards on the sports card strategy show this week. Um, he said like he had a Jeremy Pena and a Julio Rodriguez and they're two of the top prospects that spiked upon their initial debut. But then uh, Julio Rodriguez won rookie of the year and Jeremy Pena won the world series. And he said the prices stayed, you know, the prices dipped, but then ultimately the peak was at the original uh, debut, you know? And so the, the original hype, not, not the performance hype. And so we, you know, we see the same sort of pattern in all sports, unless there's a championship 
And unless that player is like the MVP or, or playing super well, like, you know, even like, I don't want to digress too much, but even Travis Kelsey, like, I wonder, I haven't looked at the data, but I wonder if his, how much his cards actually spiked after the Super Bowl win versus maybe, maybe even just the beginning of the football season, you know? So I think, that yeah. the, you know, I, I don't know. We'd have to, we'd have to look into that, but I, but I, I, I hear what you're saying with the, uh, you know, selling Derek Carr right now versus sort of, t- I think it's a huge risk to hold Derek Carr because if you were to hold him past or if you were to buy into Derek Carr thinking that th- whatever new team he ends up on is going to win the Super Bowl, I mean, the odds of that are just extremely low. Ex- so. Yeah, extremely low. And you could look at Travis Kelsey, Mahomes, you know, Mahomes, Prism Silver, uh, PSA 10. At its all-time peak back in the like the Super Bowl at the end of 2020, beginning of 2021, was a, a $10,000, $12,000 car. That, that was like the peak of the market. Now, just having won the Super Bowl and the season-long MVP, that card still only got up to like $5,000. But it, it, did, it did go up a little bit from like where it was before the Super Bowl, like average of $4,000 to an average of $5,000. But it's not a big jump. And Kelsey's cards are like I sold a base tops chrome Kelsey 2013 for like $35. I mean, that's really good for a yeah. raw base rookie card, you know. Yeah. So his cards are already, you know, for for the year and and uh, his position, they're really high, but he's also, you know, probably the best tight end to ever do it. Yeah, for sure. All right, just we'll give a quick uh shout out to the audience here. So Franco Lanzino Great to see you. First time you are able to join live. Good to, good to see the name and welcome to the show, my man. We uh, we love having you. So if you're able to throw out any questions, we're happy to answer. And thanks again for watching and listening to the Sports Card Strategy Show, Football Card Strategy Show. Here, Ziggy. Good to see you, uh, Ziggy. Throwing out some insights that Trevor Lawrence is signing autos in Chantilly on April second. He's gonna go get his auto on Funko Pops. Uh, what would be a good rookie card to get his auto on while I'm there? Micah Parsons is there too. Uh, I assume Micah is Micah Parsons. I, that would be the Micah that I would be interested in. Um, that's great. Oh my shoes! Great to see you. You are a loyal audience member. We love you. Getting ready to work. Good to see Andy catching his favorite pod. And Ryan Fuger. Ryan is a loyal uh, NoOffSeason.com. Uh, premium member. We really appreciate that support. Um, Andy, what's your confidence in Eric B enemy as Chris Berman used to call him Eric sleeping with B enemy. We hate to lose him in KC, uh, but will it, will he affect the values of, of the talented Washington commander skill players invest in Howell or wait for draft free agency? So this is, we got a few questions in there. We'll get back to Ziggy's, but I like Ryan's because it's, it's a perfect segue into kind of the next part of this free agency discussion, um, which is, so you've got like the Derek cars of the world, which we're kind of saying sell. Then you've got like, we haven't talked about uh, Gino and, you know, Lamar and, and some of the other guys, I think Daniel Jones is obviously a name to, to kind of throw out there. But then we have the, uh, from Ryan's perspective, it's sort of like there's, there's moves that happen in the NFL offseason during this free agency period. Some of them are coaching changes. And, and in fantasy, Andy, we talk a lot about this uh, and, and strategizing for our fantasy leagues because whenever there's a coaching change or a, a player movement, there could be collateral benefit to the performance uh, 
to the to the eventual performance from the move of other players not directly involved in the move and a coaching change is always a good example of that but so this is kind of like a long-winded question but i think you know where i'm going independently of the quarterbacks are there skill position players to ryan's question uh commanders or not that you see that could potentially have a value spike in cards related to just off-season movements in general like who are, are there guys that you're that you've got your eye on in that regard Oh, yeah, absolutely, because I, I do think based on landing spots for good quarterbacks like uh, Derek Carr, for example, if he goes to the Saints, we're going to see an immediate spike in the expectations and the demand for the rookie cards of guys like Chris Olave. Uh, they're going to they're going to 99 percent confident cut Michael Thomas like he's done. He's taken up a ton of of dead cap space. The the Saints are currently in cap hell. Like they have got to restructure. They've got almost $150 million they could potentially restructure. They've got to do a lot of restructuring. They've got a lot of uh, bloated veteran contracts there. And Michael Thomas is likely to be cut. I don't I think he's basically washed. I don't think he'll really have an, an impact anywhere. But I like the Eric Bienemy move. Uh, I'm actually bullish on the commander's skill position players because they're gonna cut Carson Wentz. And they, they're going to shed that dead weight, free up some dead cap space. They, they've they got Sam Howell. He's, he's a fifth-round pick from last year from University of North Carolina. He has some really interesting rushing upside. The guy's fearless. I think he he flashed some really nice upside, and people people like that. So this guy this guy is gritty. Uh, they've got great – they've got so much speed there between Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson. So, and these guys are young. And they could absolutely increase in expectation. Now, division is tough, man. Division is tough now with the Giants as a contender, the Eagles, Super Bowl contenders, and the Cowboys, obviously, uh, playoff contenders as well. So it's a, it's a tough division, but I think they're, they're going to be a, a pretty good force to be reckoned with. I think they're definitely seeing an uptick in production uh, and on offense this upcoming year. The same thing with the, the Carolina Panthers, you know, bringing in Frank Reich, uh, new head coach, you know, you, you probably gonna uh, they're gonna do something at quarterback this year, and and I expect an upgrade there. So I think you could see an uptick in production for some of their wide receivers, like DJ Moore, who's just a, a quarterback proof guy. So ultimately, I'm looking at some of these uh, young, talented skill position players, uh, mainly wide receivers, but some running backs as well. And if if they've got a really good talent profile, then like the role is going to be there. So it's just a matter of do they plug in the right quarterback and, you know, maybe it happens through the draft or maybe it happens through this free agency uh, time period, then you're absolutely going to see a spike in expectations. And that's another reason why this little period, the next two months, you see a lot of appreciation and a lot of players prices. Um, Yeah. So I love that. And Ryan, I would say that, um, to answer your question, Jahan Dotson is the guy that f- would would fit my profile for buying for for being interested in buying his cards. Um, I think he fits that that profile of a guy who has that first round draft pedigree to steal Andy's term, and super talented. He he flashed early on in his rookie season when he didn't really have investable cards out or you would have had to pay through the roof for his, I think XRCs for select or something like that. And so mm-hmm. now you've got, um, you know, Jahan has more cards out, which allows you to, which means that 
his most expensive cards are less expensive than they would be because he has more cards out because people's investing are kind of spread across different cards. Um, and so he doesn't have all of his cards out yet because that there's, there still are releases coming out for 2022. So I'd be a little bit careful with, with the rookies from last year, but I do. I, Jahan Dotson would be a guy who would fit that profile. I like Curtis Samuel as like a fantasy sleeper, but not, not so much as like going out and trying to get his cards. And, um, but anyway, I think, uh, I think Andy's point about Chris Olave's pricing going up, if Derek Carr goes there, um, that would be interesting to me as well. Um, and uh, yeah. back to, to Ziggy's question real quick. Now, this I like this question a lot because, as many of you know, I'm a fan of, well, most people aren't. I'm actually a fan of the play where you go buy like a Beckett authenticated on-card auto of a guy on, a, on an investable card that was not a pack signed auto a pre-pack auto um and then you essentially cross grade it over into a psa slab the value typically goes up regardless of what the psa card grade ends up being as long as you have the the auto grade on it it, it typically is more than what you would pay for the beckett slab i've never gone to an autograph signing and paid per item to have the item signed one of our audience members went was going to get Tyrese Maxey's autograph in a Philadelphia area autograph signing a few weeks ago. The cost per item was $125. So he ended up basically punting on that and not doing it. So I wonder Ziggy, what the cost is of the item, like to get an item signed, what is that cost? Independently of that though, the like, let's just say that it's a reasonable cost um, and you're willing to have multiple items signed by Trevor. My inclination is to take a less expensive card that isn't desirable and have that signed rather than go get like a banger card or one that is already liquid. I would, if something's already liquid, I wouldn't get it signed. If something is hard to move, like just a base Don Russ or a base optic um, or, or even like a photo variation sort of from one of those sets. That's not like a, that's not serial numbered or anything like that. That's where I would go because I, for, especially for a guy like Trevor Lawrence, like even, even a nicely centered, highly gemmable base Don Russ um, or base optic. To me, those are the cards where I can tell what I can tell the kind of the expected PSA grade better than other brands. And I would, uh, and maybe even a base prism. I don't know. Andy, what do you think? Because that, what I'm saying is like you, this isn't these in-person autograph signings is an opportunity to make something valuable. That's not valuable. And I would go that route rather than to touch something that's already valuable. But what do you think? Yeah, I like that. I, I think ultimately I would take something that is more base, and, and I would take for Trevor Lawrence specifically, I'd take a rated rookie, whether it's uh, Donruss or Optic, and have him sign that. I think what would be really cool is if you took a uh, Optic Contenders without the auto, with the, like non-rookie ticket auto, you could find a nice Optic Contenders and have him sign that. I think that would be really cool event signed, um, you know, uh, rookie ticket auto uh but trevor lawrence's prism is not one that the gem rate on that card specifically is insanely low there's so many issues so for 
for uh, reference, there's only 140 tens on Trevor Lawrence's base prism compared to 772 nines and 539 eights. So it's literally like a, a 10% chance of getting a, a PSA 10. So it's, that's not a card I would do it on. I would do it on some type of rated rookie, probably uh, an optic. And I think it's also important to consider the finish of the card. You probably have more more uh, smearing, just not quite as clean of an, an autograph optic, right? on a chrome finished card yeah. versus a, a cardstock card. So maybe something like the base Donruss is your best bet, but... I've seen like the Sharpies look really good on the base mosaic. And um, I don't know. I think that optic contenders without the auto on it would be a really cool card to get, get signed. Yeah. I like that a lot. You're creating your own contenders rookie ticket auto in that case, which I really, that's a great call. And I think, yeah. And I'm with you on the rated rookie. That's exactly what I was, what I was saying too. I would do the same thing with Micah Ziggy. I would, I would go because you can get those base, Trevor Lawrence and Micah rated rookies for they're in the dollar box. You know what I mean? I mean, then they might be in the $5 or less box, but if you buy multiples, you're going to be able to basically get them at like a, a dollar per rate. I would think at a, at a show or at a shop and, um, or, or in a lot online. I don't know. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. So let's see, uh, 125 per auto Ziggy saying, yeah, I, I, I would agree. I think for a guy like Trevor, you're going to be, you're going to be paying that. I don't know much about Funko Pops, but I would agree with what you're saying that it's going to increase the value on the Funko. Um, yeah, you're thinking Don. Yep, we're all kind of on the same page there. Ooh, pick out the color ink. I like that. Um, good call. Um, yeah. Okay, so Oh My Shoes uh, mentions Gino. I wanted to kind of go, well, I wanted to get to Ryan. So Ryan's um, investing in Howell, wait for draft or free agency. So I would wait for the draft or free agency to pass just because I don't, I'm glad, I'm glad Ryan asked this question. And the reason I wanted to go back to it is because I didn't want to gloss over my view on the draft and free agency, which is it, while in some cases there's like this temptation to buy based on what could happen, you have to realize that the odds of what you think could happen are not necessarily as great as as you think they might be and also the the like when things are still in movement and rosters are not intact you could see somebody move you could see like washington not have another qb through free agency and you could think that's a good sign for howell's cards but then they could draft someone or they could make a trade during the draft you know so i think it's a little bit risky to buy into like a super sleeper before things have shaken out, but Andy, especially like, so answering Ryan's question about Howell, but Andy, do you agree or disagree with me on that? I, I agree. And I think a lot of it does go back to draft capital. I mean, he's a fifth round pick. So you got to ask yourself, plus you've got a new coach coming in. There's not the, really that loyalty there. He wasn't involved in the pick, so he may not like the guy at all. So I think it, it is a very risky uh, investment. Maybe if you're taking like a fifth of your bankroll, you know, and and buying uh, something something small or something big, depending on how big your bankroll is. But I wouldn't take more than like a like five uh, percent. I said a fifth. I meant to say five percent of my of my bankroll, and you know, in investing that in Sam Howell because there's a like that is wildly optimistic to say that he'll be the starter in September, at right now, anyways. You know, right. So next up is Geno Smith. So all my shoes mentions. 
Geno Smith's tops Chrome rookie cards as a good one. He obviously has the prism as well. Um, I love Geno Smith now as a player, but Andy, how do you, how do you, what do you think of Geno Smith and his cards in terms of like, what is there a play there anywhere? Yeah, I mean they're pretty cheap. I've got a rookie ticket auto Geno Smith that I I, I think I got for like thirty five or forty dollars. I mean I think it, I think he's a much better sound investment. Like he's got a secure starting job. He played so good this past season. I mean it's a large sample size entire season. He's likely to re-sign with the Seahawks, so I don't expect a big pop from news. You know on re-signing, I expect his his increase in value to come purely from exceeding expectations in performance and like taking the Seahawks uh, to the playoffs, which is, is tough, but they're not the bottom team in their division anymore. Like they're, they're true contenders. You know, I think Arizona is definitely uh, the bottom team now in that division, then the Rams and then the Seahawks and then the 49ers. So, you know, they're, they're contenders. They're going to hang in there. I, I don't see it really going up a whole lot but i also don't see it going down i don't see there being uh you know hardly any downside to that so i think you get some pretty cool geno smith what i like is the gem rate there's cards like the 2013 select hot rookies which has like a 95 percent gem rate literally if you go look at the uh, the the ratio of tens to nines and eights on that card it's insanely high probability of getting a 10 so i like getting something like a, a 2013 select hot rookies, uh, something like that of Geno Smith and grading it because you get them so cheap and then adding value that route. There's some nice cards from 2013 you could do that with. Awesome. Well, welcome to the live stream, Dusty Crates. Finally made it to a live stream. Good to see you. Love the audience participation today, guys. Um, Lamar Jackson, obviously, is another name. Um being mentioned in the news right now. And what's interesting to me is, you know, we talk about at the, at the top of the show, selling Derek Carr. And with I'm looking at the data around Lamar Jackson's cards, his market overall at Market Movers. And if you want your first month for free at Market Movers, use the promo code, sorry, for $1, not free, $1, use the promo code no offseason. Um, if you don't know, if you're not already a subscriber there, but his cards are up and, and that's part of the football card hype cycle that we talked about, but that's also part of just him, his name being mentioned in the news. Like whenever, whenever someone's name is mentioned in the news, um, it drives interest in their eBay searches, which drives more bids, which results in higher prices. Kendall and I talk about that a lot with, with, good news, bad news, like all sorts of stuff. So Lamar's cards are up. What do you see happening with him? And I'm looking at like some of his like parallels, uh, you know, and I've always been a big fan of his 2018 Kaboom. Um, that's a card that I think like I've, I've seen it move in pricing the exact manner that I would have expected it to move in pricing based on like very like like just predictable stuff like not not stuff that like comes out of left field and so lamar's interesting to me as a as a guy that you could kind of continuously make money on but right now i'm 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 curious as to what your thoughts are on you know is he a buy sell hold type of guy 
Yeah, he he's wanting this massive, fully guaranteed contract, uh, similar to what Deshaun Watson has. But Lamar was using his mom as his agent. Now he's working with the NFLPA to help negotiate his contract with the Ravens, and they're like up to reports are that they're up to a hundred million dollars off from what he wants, from what the team is willing to give him. He wants this massive, fully guaranteed uh, contract. He did make improvements this past season in his passing accuracy. So uh, that's good. He had career highs in passing accuracy when throwing balls like outside the numbers. So, um, you know, he has shown improvements. He is electric in the open field in terms of his rushing ability. There's not any other quarterbacks that can rush like him. Ultimately, I think they find a way to keep him in Baltimore. I think that it's just kind of, I think that's probably going to happen. So, you know, his rookie cards are definitely where you want to invest, but I don't I don't necessarily see the big spike in Lamar's cards unless he actually just takes them to a deep playoff run. That's like the one thing that they're missing or he gets back to like that 2019 form where he is just smoking every other quarterback in the, in the league and just lighting up the scoreboard every week. He's that guy that could easily pop in the beginning of the season when he comes out week one, you know, and throws two touchdowns, rushes two touchdowns, you know, breaking 10 tackles. So it's like you know, he is electric, and I like the upside there. I've got a couple Lamar cards already, so I'm kind of in that hold category right now for him because, I, like you said, his market's not really down at all. I mean, with the rumors, there's like these little reaches here and there. So, yeah, I'm kind of on the hold side of him, and and I'm not really – I wouldn't I wouldn't really advocate, per se, buying Lamar because I don't see that path for a big spike. I think it's a safe investment in terms of – you know, you have like this uh, long-term upside in his car just because he's so young and he's so electric. There's a lot of potential performance spikes you could see in the future. Yeah, here's an interesting one. I'm totally with you on that. Here's sort of my process. What this is, I'm trying to stay disciplined along the lines of this process, kind of across all sports. Is like whenever there's a guy or you know an athlete that I really want to invest in, I will I will take a look at. I will try to find a card like this. So like his 2018 optic hollow base PSA 10 has a, they say 2018. Yeah. 2018 his rookie rated rookie uh, PSA 10 optic hollow has a population of 199. Um, the last sale was $355 a couple weeks ago. We have said this is not the best time to buy football cards still because of the hype cycle coming out of the Super Bowl and into free agency, which is like huge news, uh, news time. Um, it'll go, it'll go through the draft for sure. And then what I would do is I would mark this card and I would look at it in June and I would say, okay, so now in June, we know Lamar's situation. So that's number one. Number two, it's not a time really when there's any football news happening. It's like June's basically the only football off season. Um, and so then we've got a situation where uh, we know more, more about Lamar. We've got a little bit of a cool-off period before training camp starts in, in late July. Um, and, it may, I mean, maybe go into early July, Andy, with like, like the 4th of July. I just don't know how many people are thinking about football cards. So it could be like June and into the first week of July where you see like this card go down maybe. I would chart maybe three or four cards like this. And I would say, okay, if this card gets down to like into the 200s, uh, especially like if I could get it for like 250 or something, um, 
now you've got like a hundred dollar profit margin from where it was in a hype cycle without Lamar really needing to do anything, then you could probably easily sell this card again in August for around 350, right? So yep. without him even doing anything. So is am I, does that sync with what you, with, do you believe in that as well? Yeah, abs- absolutely. Absolutely. Because you got to go back and look at what the lowest point was in the end of October, beginning of November, kind of time period you know that's the mid-season low where the guys that aren't on the mvp track that don't have this you know pristine win-loss record that aren't playing lights out a week-to-week basis have this incredible storyline around them they see a lot of dips you know they see a lot of they see a big dip so if you go back i'm looking as optic hollow back then and yeah it was about a 275 dollar card so i think you got to plan uh, for around that price, I think you could see that kind of dip in, in the June time period, July for the holiday. I think that's a great time to try and snipe uh, auctions on eBay and and then be ready to sell on the preseason hype heading into September. I, I think that's a great, great formula. I like that because then you're not relying on Lamar Jackson having a deep playoff run. That hasn't happened the last several seasons. So then ho- hoping for that to happen. And I'm just using Lamar as an example. I think that could that thought process could be applied really to any player in any sport. So um, we talked about NFL yeah. free agency. I'm sure there's way more to talk about. So if any of you have any questions specifically on NFL free agency card plays, um, you can hit us up on social media. I'm at no offseason card. Andy's FB card quest on Twitter and football card quest on Instagram. I'm sports card strategy on Instagram. But the easiest thing to do if you want is just email me at paul at nooffseason.com and I will answer your question uh, likely on a show or in the email and I can bring in Andy to help me answer that as well if you miss us on the show Uh, or comment on the YouTube video, of course. Um, Okay, so next up, NFL Draft, 2023 NFL Draft. This is a different type of hype cycle where different things happen. I don't know, Andy, if the... NFL draft hype cycle has as much of an impact on card prices as the free agency hype cycle that we're in right now. But what I'm curious about is like Bryce Young, I've pulled up on my screen, his uh, base refractor 2021 Bowman University Chrome auto PSA 10. That card's going for around between $250 and $300. He's... He could be the first overall pick if these rumors about the Bears trading Justin Fields actually happen. I quite frankly don't think that that's likely at all. looks like he's probably going to be the second overall pick, either him or C.J. Stroud, to the Houston Texans. Agree, disagree on that statement. And then if if you agree, is a a quick flip on a Bryce Young, if he's going to be one of the darlings of the 2023 NFL draft with his Bowman U- chrome first auto is that a play um yeah i think it is if you get it at the right price point i definitely would be making sure to comp with the with the recently sold items because i've seen some people paying some pretty decent uh money already for bryce young uh rookie autos especially so i do think there's going to be he's going to be a top three overall pick i think the the houston texans are are likely going to pick him they're probably going to 
Um, I don't even know if they need to move up to number one with the Bears. I think the Bears have so much in Justin Fields that, uh, you know, I think the Houston Texans will probably get that new head coach, D'Amico Ryans, a former uh, defensive coordinator for the 49ers. I've already stated very diplomatically, of course, that they want to add depth to their quarterback room in in Houston. I think it's just a it's a common sense type of play for them i think they'll definitely draft bryce young which if they do then guys like john mechie who's you know a cancer survivor he's going to be starting his rookie season this this upcoming year played with bryce young in alabama at a high level i expect guys like that to go up in value who you can already invest in because he's in the 2022 product uh bryce young becomes a play um he, you know, he's definitely doesn't have as many fans as he could potentially have because of his size. So I think that a lot of people are worried that he may be a little bit too small for the NFL and, and like get beat up a lot. But the people that have actually like uh, journalists that have met him in, in person believe that he can add like, you know, 20 or 30 pounds of muscle with the NFL strength training programs over the next couple of years that will really beef him up to be able to withstand the, the rigors of playing NFL quarterback. Um, you also have, you have CJ Stroud that is, is going to be a top pick. You also have Will Levies, who some people mm-hmm. compare him to like Josh Allen, but yep. he's like so old coming out of uh, college that he should be way more developed than he is. So I think he may be a little bit overrated, but I definitely think there's going to be that, um, that hype around him. Anthony Richardson from the university of Florida, I think is, is going to, uh, boost his draft stock a lot through the combine because he is a really good athlete. Um, and I think he's going to test really well. He also went to a big college program, University of Florida. Um, he's got some really, uh, really good athleticism. So I think that he's going to make a wave somewhere. People are definitely going to be excited about him. Um, you, you look at guys like uh, Hinton Hooker from Tennessee. You know, if he uh, if he wasn't injured, I think it would be a different story. But he's another really good athlete that uh, threw the ball deep like a ton, like really well this uh, this past year in college. So he's definitely like the, the quarterback class this this year coming out, I think you're going to have at least like four or five guys probably go in the first round. So it's it's definitely exciting. I think it's going to be really good for the pro- – like you can see one of the best sellers on blowoutcards.com right now is the 2022-23 uh, Bowman Chrome University. That's got all these guys, and apparently they're now licensed as well. So I don't know if you looked at those, but – those are nice cards. I definitely think there's guys out of there, like these quarterbacks we just talked about, like guys like Bijan Robinson from Texas. The, uh, the uh, that's probably going to go in the first round. I mean, he could land with like uh, the Bills or the Eagles or maybe the Lions or something like that. I think any of those kind of landing spots, uh, people are going to get really excited about. Uh, I think his stuff. You could look at uh, Zach Charbonnet. Um, I was looking at his stuff the other day with Carter. You could get like Bowman Chrome autos of him for like four or five dollars. Uh, and he's actually a, a really electric running back that's probably going to go late first, early second that I think you can make a play on. So I do see a lot of these college rookies uh, going up in value uh, based on their their draft capital because it's really important. You know, you get drafted in the first round. It's a big deal uh, this day and age. Yeah, so Will, Will Levis is about half the price of Stroud and uh, Young. Young and Stroud are both going like about, a you know, around – two to three hundred dollars for their psa 10 base auto from 2021 um but then you can go i mean there there are obviously like uh you know this cj stroud out of 75 yellow refractor auto on january 10th went for uh 214 dollars 
There's a CJ Stroud that sold back in December, uh, SGC 1010, uh, silver refractor auto for $200. $200. So um, people could, there are recent sales, but there, I, I'm not seeing many sales in February of the big stuff. So that leads me to believe that people could be holding what they have already to sell, um, which I'm glad you brought up the 2022 Bowman U release because they are licensed. And if so, if I am correct, we might be late in trying to flip guys like Stroud and Young and Levis because their release has been out for almost a year. And now you see like prices kind of going up in anticipation of the NFL draft. And I would think that you have less profit margin to quick flip on those guys. But what's interesting is like when you go to the 2022 Caleb Williams uh, cards, they are licensed and they're going for huge money because he's, you know, he's obviously supposed to be the first overall pick in 2024 we haven't even had the 2023 draft and us card strategists are already talking about the 2024 draft, but that's because you have the Bowman U Chrome first release of Caleb Williams in that set. And Andy mentioned a minute ago that the licensed autos of the other guys that we talked about are also in that set, but they're not the first auto. They don't have the first on them. So it'll be interesting to see how the first non-licensed play out against technically the non-first licensed of the 2022 set for guys like uh, Levis, Stroud, and Young. But then you've got Caleb Williams. Um, some really cool stuff out of this 2022 Bowman U release. And I wonder, is that a play? Now, it's not cheap. It's not going to be cheap to get Caleb. But is that going to be a play to where, you know, you buying buying in on him? Maybe not now because the release just came out, but following the strategy of do you try to target a guy like Caleb Williams in June, July uh, of this year or even November, you know, November, December? It depends, right? Because you're talking about, now we're talking about college football in the overall football card hype cycle. But just interesting stuff to think about, throw out there, talk about related to the NFL draft. Um, yeah, Andy, and I think your thoughts on this. And I think the common denominator you want to look for is like a rookie autograph because people look at even a college uniform if it's if it's autographed, then all of a sudden you've got one of the first you know professional autographs of this player. I mean, a guy like Caleb Williams, you know, big college program at USC. Um, you know, four-star recruit, 91st percentile scouting grade. I mean, you're talking about a, a really good prospect here. And if you have like a guy that's going to go as a top five pick and you can get his rookie autograph, whether it's college uniform uh, license or not, if it's from like a, a reputable company, even if it's like one of those Onyx cards, like we've looked at Shadur Sanders before, yep. you know, that that kind of card's going to hold value. And you could potentially see that card go up exponentially if there's very few different, uh, there's very few cards available for this player, you know, and you know, he could, he could, he could lead the team to national championship. And like we, we were Carter and I were looking at card prices of college athletes heading into the bowl games. I mean, there's people that pay serious money for the, the quarterbacks on the, some of these big college programs. 
Yeah, and so you mentioned a guy like Hendon Hooker. Where do you where could he be drafted? Because I'm looking at his now. This is Bowman Chrome U first licensed in the you know in in the Tennessee uniform. Looking it's very solid looking card here, um, and it's much more affordable than you know your your other top quarterbacks that you mentioned. So. Where, where where could he be drafted? And since, since you mentioned him, like is is he a guy that could have a good pro career? In your opinion, I th- I think he can. I think he can. There's going to be obviously a learning curve there, but um, yeah, I don't think he's going to actually go in the first round. I think his stock has fallen quite a bit, and uh, I I think he may slide to like the second or third. But he's a guy that could um, could emerge in the NFL as uh, somebody that like makes a big splash, like makes a big you know makes a big wave when he does get his starting opportunity. So. Um, I think he could go in the second or, or third round to a variety of, of teams, you know, as, a, you know, as, as just like a stash, you know, to see how he develops and recovers and everything. So, um, yeah, I, that's, I mean, that's kind of how I'm looking. I mean, he's not in the first round projections right now. Do you remember when you mentioned Shadur Sanders? Do you remember when you and Kendall and I, a year ago, we're talking about buying his auto, this uh, blue auto in the Onyx set for like 15, 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. Now, these yeah, are sales, but these are listed 350 or best offer, 130 or best offer. I'm going to look up some Shadur Sanders. Okay, so, well, Green Ink out of 50 just sold for 85. People are getting them graded. That's great. So, like, the reason why we talk about this, everyone is because like, we, we want to be like a year ahead on this stuff at least because like, this is how it all plays out. So like blue ink Shadur Sanders, like Kendall bought this card after we filmed that episode, the three of us, Kendall went out and bought this card for like 20 bucks. It just sold for 95. So safe to say the three of us were right about that, that call in that discussion. We had the blue, like blue auto. He signed 400 of them green he signed 50 um going back to the, like here's auto five out of five 129 that would be the one that i would you know if you're gonna pay 95 for the out of 400 why not pay 130 for the out of five black that's pretty sick anyway um yeah i mean he transcended he transcended markets so you think about it like i i wouldn't even following uh deon sanders uh, reality show they made around it i mean but that was getting pumped up uh through the algorithm on the front page of my social media feeds on twitter on youtube and it's like even if you didn't follow college football you got to know who shador sanders was because of deon sanders and everything that he did for uh jackson state so you know, I mean, it was a, it's, it's been a big story. And I think just that alone added to a lot of the hype and the value anchors. Like, so immediately people are going to like, dude, I want to get this. This is Deion Sanders kid. Like I got to get his, I got to get his rookie autos. And there's just so few of them. Like you see, they just exponentially go up in value regardless if they're licensed or not. Yeah. So the other one that I wanted to talk to you about today, before we wrap the show, I want to wrap the show with like, okay, who are like your top buys because we've got we talked about nfl free agency we talked about nfl draft now we're talking about 2024 nfl draft um and then i want to circle back around to like okay but what are you what are you actually doing 
Um, and so, but before we do that, another father-son combo that has me intrigued for a couple reasons is I just love Marvin Harrison Jr. And I don't, I don't love uh, Ohio State, but I do love Marvin Harrison Jr. And I, and I had his father on several of my fantasy teams in the early 2000s. And he uh, was a great guy to have on a fantasy team, if you remember Marvin Harrison for the Colts. And so we get a lot of questions about like retired players. And we just talked about Dion, um, Dion and Shador. Now we've got Marvin Jr. and Marvin Sr. I don't know if, if Primetime's cards actually went up as a result or are going up as a, re- as a result of Shador. But I would venture to guess that when Shador gets drafted, you're going to see Prime a lot. We already see Prime a lot, but we're going to probably see him even more. And uh, Prime could be a play, like his cards could be a play, buying them now um, and then selling them when Shador gets drafted. And I wonder if the same could happen with Marvin Harrison Sr. Not because he's the opposite of Prime from a personality standpoint. Like he's probably not going to be all in front of when Marvin Harrison Jr. gets drafted. But Marvin Harrison Jr. could go in the top five of the 2024 NFL draft. And does that bring up Marvin Harrison Sr.'s cards? Because Jr. doesn't have any yet. So I'm really, really stretching here. And I'm trying to get to like retired players in this show. And this is kind of a way of doing it because I think with retired players, you have to look at like what is going to move their value potentially. And so right now we haven't seen much from Marvin Harrison senior. He kind of retired quietly amid some speculation of like him being involved in like a shooting back in the day, which I don't think he was directly involved with, but he's a hall of famer, had an amazing career and has basically gone silent. But now you have his son who's like a top prospect. Does this do anything for Marvin Harrison seniors cards, Andy? Uh, maybe a little, maybe there's a few people out there that are, that are, uh, tying that connection together and it's driving them to buy some more, uh, Marvin Harrison senior rookie cards. I think it's, it's very nostalgic. You're going to have a a market for Marvin Harrison senior, just like you're always going to have a market for Deion Sanders. There's very few people that I know, like in our generation that don't want to have a, a Deion Sanders rookie card. I mean, it's iconic draft class and there's, there's only a few variations and I mean, can you imagine if you got one like a uh, hard sign, like event signed autograph? Cause this didn't do really rookie autos back then. So, you know, I think there's always going to be a market for these guys. Um, I, I don't know that the, the media relevancy is really going to spike them a whole lot, especially with Marvin Harrison, only because I, he's just not going to make the waves in the media like that, like Prime is, you know? So um, there's always going to be a much bigger market for Prime in, in that sense. But at the same time, I see some people draw, you know, drawing the connection, and then there's always a market there. It's probably you could get something really nice. I think ultimately it's like not really investment. It's more, uh, uh, does this have some a lot of collection value to you? Were you a big Colts fan, you know, uh, back in the early 2000s kind of thing? And it's probably not going to lose value, but it's probably not going to go up a whole lot either. Yeah, that's probably a good call. He's got a 1996 select back when. Pinnacle made select Panini didn't even own the select brand at that point in time. He's got a 1996 top tops Chrome. Uh, you can get these cards pretty cheap in PSA 10. This is a 1996 SP. Um, so recognizable brands there, but way back in the day, I mean, 1996 rookie. So this is really, you know, for, for many that are 
consuming this content. This is this is actually a really old card. And then for others, you know, we kind of span generations here. For others, uh, it's recognizable. Like it's nostalgic, like you said. So, um, and that's like yeah. almost the peak of the junk wax era too. So I'm right. sure the print run on on his, his some of his rookie cards are just insane. Like even compared to today's numbers. <laughs> I did see this Reggie White uh, PMG come up for auction on PWCC, and it was today in the Slab Stocks uh, Daily Slab email. So I thought, all right, football card strategy show with Andy. Let's pull this up. Uh, what are your thoughts on like? I mean, this is interesting. Like, I think the you know the reason why this is such a high bid right now is because it is a P, it's a red PMG, so it's super rare. Um, and it is in a pretty high grade, like uh, from 1997, it's a BGS9. So 9.5 centering, 9.5 or 8.5 surface, 9 corners and edges. But Reggie White, all-time defensive player. What's your take on like, you know, retired players in general and, and even retired defensive players? Like this is a very, this is like a perfect storm here, right? Oh, yeah, man. It's all about the super rare inserts. PMGs have become extremely popular. They're like equivalent of the Kabooms today, you know. Um, it just, it's such a popular, iconic card with, now in the, in the hobby. So all the all the Hall of Fame players, like I've, I've tried several times to get my hands on a Mike Allstop PMG. They just get so expensive. I, I haven't been able to get one yet. And um, But, you know, you can sometimes find a metal universe hobby boxes on eBay for a decent price. Like I remember one of the guys in our community posted up in discord. There's a guy selling multiple hobby boxes of metal universe uh, from 96 or 97, the PMG year. And like they were, he was selling them for like a hundred or 150 a piece. And you had a chance of pulling a PMG out of there. So I, I kind of like that, that route. It sounds like a lot of fun. But um, yeah, man, those cards are really expensive, but I, I don't think they're going to lose value. I mean, that's a card like everybody wants to collect PMGs. They want to put together a PMG uh, rainbow. They want to be a PMG super collector. I mean, it's super, super popular, uh, ultra rare insert. Yeah, not something we talk about too often on the sports card strategy. So, so I'm glad we got to get that in. Um, all right. Yeah, TW saying in the comments, top guest to have is Andy. That's true. But technically, he's not a guest. He is actually a co-host <laughs> here for NoOffSeason.com and the Football Card Strategy Show. But yes, he is an amazing guest, amazing co-host. Um, great person to collaborate with. Great person to know. I'm very fortunate to be able to have him have him as part of the team. So, um, all right. So, Andy, let's let's wrap today with like who are who are like your top buys and and then who are like your top sleepers along with that like free agency was was a was a category we had to go into draft was a category we had to go into but who who overall are your guys right now well i i i would say my top quarterback buy and there's a lot of personal collections so it's like it's it's highly debatable it's it's, it's a very speculative play it's it's a gamble but there's a lot of personal collection value to me i'm buying kyle trask right now uh i i think that just based on news alone uh there was a press conference with arians yesterday that trask is going to be the starter he went on rich eisen show and and said this and so um i think there's a high likelihood with how much uh <clears throat> dead cap we're fighting this off season with trask on a rookie contract i i think there's a high likelihood that they give trask the starting nod in september unless they get just like a free handout from free agency which is unlikely 
Uh, and so I'm buying him. I think there's still a lot of upward growth. I've comped him out and compared him to guys like Zach Wilson, Davis Mills. I kind of like that bottom tier of the 2021 quarterback class. And you can get a lot of really nice cards for super cheap. And I just think like if it didn't have a lot of personal collection value to me as just an investor, I'd sell them on the news this offseason um, heading into September. You know, I wouldn't even wait to see if he actually plays good. Uh, I think that's very speculative, uh, very much a risk. Um, so there's a lot of potential. So he's one of my top buys. And then I am definitely investing in John Mechie on the Houston Texans. I think it's like almost 100% certainty that they'd spend a, their their first dra- round draft pick, early first round on whether it's Bryce Young or Will Levy's. Uh, people are going to get hyped up for a new quarterback. And I'm hoping it's Bryce Young because I think that would have the biggest impact on on uh, John Mechie, but you could also look at Nico Collins. So I like the skill position weapons there. I also am really, really bullish on the skill position weapons in Detroit, namely Jamison Williams, uh, who is a first round pick from Alabama. And the guy's absolutely electric speed. He just, he, he was recovering from a torn ACL is almost his entire rookie season, but you can still get very favorable prices on, on his rookie autos right now. And I think the lions are a, an ascending team in the NFL. And I think they're set up for a massive 2023. I think they're going to boost up the defense this off season and, um, Boom. I mean, they're serious contenders in 2023. Very bullish on the the Lions skill position weapons, namely guys like Jamison Williams. I'm not sure you can find deals on Amon Ross St. Brown, but definitely uh, look at like buying uh, buying him, too. I mean, he's he's a he's a stud. So um, and they and they could they could potentially upgrade at running back in, in the draft. So very, very interesting, very bullish on those guys. And. I think there's. I think there's a play to be made on DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I think if he stays in Arizona, it'd be bad, but he wants out. Uh, Kyler's doing Kyler things, being super dramatic and already complaining about the new coach. Uh, Hopkins has still got a lot of juice. And if he goes to a new team with a much better quarterback or just a good quarterback in general that has a lot uh, higher probability of, of making the playoffs and stuff like that because Hopkins is already a fringe Hall of Famer, that he could absolutely spike just based on news. So I really like buying DeAndre Hopkins. He already has a big market and collection base. So if I'm buying DeAndre Hopkins, like I I really don't have much downside. It's really not going to go down. And I have a lot of upside with it being able to potentially go up with a, a a new team. And then I would say like a decent gamble is Jordan Love. As I think if they, if they, if the Packers keep, Rodgers and uh and and Rodgers wants to stay in Green Bay then Jordan Love could be traded I mean he's heading into the the final year of his rookie contract they could get the most for him based on the the limited film sample size we have of him I think that he's a decent uh decent gamble I mean I think the same thing could be said for Tua I mean Tua it's really hard to predict injuries. And the only thing that is holding Tua's market down right now is the fact that he had those two concussions and he ended the season on a sour note, you know, uh, but he's been 100% cleared by medical staff. And yeah, sure. He's got a higher fragility rating. So fragility is something you definitely have to take into consideration when buying these players. But at the same time, I think it's really a good play to spend like 5% of your bankroll on it. You can get a nice Tua card right now for so cheap. And man, they are serious contenders next year. 
Uh, tough division, crazy, crazy tough division, the AFC East. But I, I don't know. I, I see a little regression from the Bills, and I see Miami being serious contenders in that division. You can also the Patriots are also there, and they bring in Bill O'Brien. So I, there's an uptick there, potential for uh, Mac Jones and the Patriots offense, especially if they draft uh, a wide receiver this offseason or bring in an elite wide receiver. What if DeAndre Hopkins goes to New England? I mean, that would be massive for Mac Jones, and there's still people buying Bailey Zappi, but Mac Jones is a secure starter there. And now they bring in Bill O'Brien. He's got a lot of experience in, in calling an offense and stuff, and so now there, there should be a much higher expectations, like just hype leading into the season. So I think that's a play with upside, just comparing him. he's he, I mean, he's down there with uh, with the Trey Lance, who, you know, who's recovering. He's down there. With the with the Kyle Trask, it's like in that type of range, like Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence are just miles ahead of those guys in terms of value. Yeah, love all of that. I'm going to comment on several things because I love all of it so much. Number one, John Mechie was on my injured reserve in my dynasty league last year because I saw this potential progression happening. So I'm ready to activate him off of IR. Got him for nothing. Um, I won the, uh, football fantasy football league that we were in this year. So I did want to comment on that real quick that we haven't, unfortunately <clears throat> the DeMar Hamlin situation kind of derailed everything at the end of everyone's fantasy league. Um, obviously that's more important than fantasy football, but at the same time, there's not much that's that much more important than fantasy football. So, um, winning that league, having John Mechie in my other league, Jamison Williams is the next thing. I literally had him on my notes for the episode. So you sniped him in, in typical Andy sniper fashion, sniped Jamison Williams away from me. I was going to mention him. So we are aligned with that call. Um, and then Tua. <clears throat> Tua is a great call because he, I mean, I just see, I just see it playing out where, he doesn't have injury issues in 2023. It happens all the time in sports where people are, you know, high profile athletes get injured all the time, but then that, that doesn't mean that they're just going to continuously get injured. Now, some of them do, but many more of them do not have these problems. And so, um, unfortunately, like selfishly, we are not concerned with Tua's, long-term health in the sports card market we're basically only concerned with the fact with can we buy him low right now and then can he stay healthy enough later to get the hype spike and sell him and i think Tua fits that profile perfectly now this could be some hyperbole on my part but when you look at the jalen hurts to a storyline it goes back a ways right and if you're Tua, you got to be sitting there thinking okay i beat this guy out and now he's in the super bowl and one of the reasons why I'm not in the Super Bowl is because I was injured. And do you know, does that play into at any level these guys being competitive professional athletes? I think so. And I think we could see a Tua storyline in 2023 where Hertz made the run in 2022. Does Tua do it in 2023? If that does play out, that would be huge for his cards, considering you can buy them buy them lower now. Uh, than those other guys. Kyle Trask is another one. I was buying Kyle Trask a couple of years ago. I was a little bit early. I sold and got out of my Kyle Trask just because I wanted to get that money back. I got the money back. Now I don't own any Kyle Trask. 
that's interesting that you're buying him now. I think that's a good call. Uh, sometimes I'm just way too early on these things and I don't stay in it long enough to actually get the profit. Kyle Trask might be one of those guys for me. Um, and I might be buying into Trevor Lawrence uh, at the high point, but I just, I, I'm a believer enough in him to where I'm still looking at, can I get uh, cards like this one for less than $500? And I just did that. Literally this one, I just got for, I believe less than $450. It's the, black prism auto out of chronicles um so i don't know what it would grade it probably would not get a 10 but it should arrive in a couple days so i'm excited to see like what the condition looks like it's authenticated by ebay um so i still am i'm the guys that i'm buying are trevor lawrence and joe burrow and that's pretty much my short list and that's my strategy right now because i just I don't know that I can buy them low. I don't know if that exists for those guys, right? But what I do know is that like Joe Burrow's stuff should be lower in June uh, than it's been in a while. And same with Trevor Lawrence. And Joe Burrow's stuff dipped in September last year, if you recall. So Joe Burrow got off to a slow start with the Cincinnati Bengals. And so I'm not necessarily going to, I'm not saying I'm buying Joe Burrow right now or i'm buying a bunch of trevor lawrence right now but those are the guys on my short list that i do believe could could have the hype spikes that it takes in the postseason to really drive the value so the i'd say the risk i'm taking is trying to buy those guys at the right time the right card at the right time because i know their floor is so high like there's almost no risk with those guys um, so we'll see the one name at the end of the show that I want to throw out here to you, uh, that we have not talked about yet is Isaiah Pacheco from the chiefs. How do you feel about him? Because I've got him on some fantasy teams. And while I, when I watch him play and when I watched him in the Super Bowl, he stood out to me as a guy that not everybody knows yet and could be a guy at a skill position that could yield some returns in the future. What do you think of Isaiah Pacheco? Well, he, he's he's such a late round uh, draft pick from the NFL draft. Like I think he was drafted in the sixth or seventh round. So he's got very few rookie cards. So the ones that are out, like the Elite and the XR, they're really expensive. Uh, so I'm not on the binding. I would because, as Carter says, he runs like a kid just stole his lunch money. Like, and that's how he runs every single play. He just runs so hard. He doesn't quite have the vision that some of the elite running backs have. But I think that can be developed with experience and training. So he's got a lot of potential, especially in that high-octane offense. And he runs extremely explosively. So, yeah, I mean, I would, I'm would i going to have to obviously wait um, to buy yeah. Isaiah Pacheco until like more stuff comes out, maybe November of this year. Maybe he doesn't get off to a super hot start and there's way more product out for him. So now I can kind of buy in at a better price. Um, I think that would be the play there for me. I love the I love the uh, Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, Joe Burrow's a top five, like bona fide top five QB in the NFL now. But Trevor Lawrence, I think, is going to run the AFC South for the next four or five years. I think there's a massive window here for the Jaguars, and they're probably going to be in the playoffs for the next four or five years. Um, I'm very I think that's a very smart like I'm very bullish on that play because I think he's a he's ascending right now for sure. And and they get Calvin Ridley. Um, this year, I don't know how rusty he's going to be, but that's another weapon. That's a really good yeah. offensive weapon. And so I'm really bullish on, on Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, who developed into a bell cow role, who's incredibly explosive. Last year was basically his rookie year. So 
you know, really, I mean, both these guys are like, you could look at Trevor Lawrence as, as being a rookie this past year. And so I really like what I saw because now I finally got a real, you know, head coach and everything. And, and, um, yeah, so I, I think they're ascending and the Jags, I mean, you just look at it. Titans are probably going to, uh, trade Derrick Henry. They're going to cut, uh, or release Ryan Tannehill. They're entering a full rebuild mode. The Colts are probably going to try and move up in the draft to draft a quarterback. They're probably going to overspend on, on a guy like, uh, Will Levy's or maybe CJ Stroud. And, um, and we'll see, I think you could definitely like invest in like Michael Pittman and probably Jonathan Taylor, just cause he had such a bad season. Um, but, and, and then you, and then you look at the Texans and like, yeah, they're, they're going to, it's still going to be a rough 2023, you know, for them either yeah. way. So I'm looking at the Jags, like they're in the catbird seat to run the AFC South for the next few years. Yeah. Trevor stepped up to me and became a guy that was a prospect and is now like, he is what everybody thought he could be already and, and exciting to see what he can do. Joe Burrow, same thing. Like I was, I was not sold on Joe Burrow, even in his Super Bowl run. I thought that could be a little bit of a flash in the pan. Uh, it was not, he impressed me in, in 2023 to the point where I was able to do my, in 2022, where I was able to do my evaluation and say, okay, like you're talking about with Trevor, it's like now we're in the position with Trevor as sports card investors, because all of his stuff has already come out and Burrow's stuff has been out for a while. Now we can say, okay, these guys are still super young. We think they can win. The pricing is, has like kind of plateaued off on them for, for the, the release reasons and, and the initial hype rookie hype cycle reasons. But I think we see the second wave with guys like Burrow and Lawrence where uh, it's going to be, it's going to be hard to like the same thing with Pacheco. Like you can't buy him yet because it's just prices are too high for all the reasons that you stated. But once the releases are, are done coming out, once there's not as much, you know, initial hype around him as a rookie, um, he could be a, a skill position player that kind of rises again. I like that you threw out Jonathan Taylor as well, just because um, logic there is why, why couldn't he come back? Like if Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley can come back from injury and do what they did. Like Jonathan Taylor should be able to do it. So why not, you know, maybe try to put some money there on some of his big stuff. All right, Andy, anything else you want to add before we sign off for a uh, uh, football card strategy show episode 10? Hey man, I, I could keep going for uh, a couple more hours. I, I think we could keep going. There's just so many uh, interesting storylines to follow. So hey, make sure you guys are subscribed to the Sports Card Strategy Show and uh, check out Football Card Quest if you want more football card content uh, every week. And we're, we're going to keep grinding. Yeah, we took a little bit of a Football Card Strategy Show hiatus, but Andy and I are going to get more scheduled. So you'll be seeing more of Andy and I talking football cards together. And uh, if there's anyone, if there's any questions or any, any guests that you all want to try to have us uh, on, bring onto the football card strategy show, let us know, let us know in the comments, email me at Paul at nooffseason.com and definitely check out all of what Andy's doing at uh, football card quest. He's the man. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for watching and listening to the football card strategy show. Part of the nooffseason.com. Sports Card Content Network. Have a great day. <laughs>